Before we start today's podcast, the Truth About Aging wish to acknowledge that this episode has been recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people. We pay our deepest respects to Elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the Ghana people as the custodians of the Adelaide region and that their cultural and heritage beliefs are still as important to the living Ghana people today. everyone and welcome to the Truth About Aging podcast. I'm your host, Kate Helmore. Each week we'll be unpacking your questions about the aged care sector, discussing how to age well, grow old and make informed decisions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode five, where we're going to be talking all things home care packages. As a starting point, if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to episode two, where I give a bit more of a higher level summary of home care packages. But there are some things covered in that episode that I won't be repeating in this one. So that could be a good starting point if you're not clear about what a home care package is or how that differs from other types of care at home. So if you haven't listened to that, start there and then pop back over here and where we'll be dumping in a bit more in depth about home care packages. So the first thing I wanted to start with today was around the funding for home care packages. So it's a government funded program. As we did touch on in episode two, there's different levels of home care package ranging from level one to level four. A level one is approximately $9,000 worth of funding a year. A level two is just under 16000 a level three is just under 35000 and a level four is around about $52,000. So that money is given to your chosen service provider. So your service provider is the person responsible for delivering your home care services, and it's your choice as a consumer to choose a service provider. Worth noting here, next week's quick tip episode is going to be all about how to choose a provider. So if you're listening to this and going, gosh, I don't know how I would compare them all, that's next week's episode, we'll be covering that specifically. So stay tuned for that one. But so essentially you choose your service provider who's going to deliver your home care services. And once you enter an agreement with them, they will then start receiving that government funding. It's worth being aware that it is not paid to the service provider in a lump sum. So say you have a level one package, the provider isn't paid $9,000 upfront. It's paid to the provider as a daily subsidy. So essentially that $9,000-ish is calculated out across 365 days of the year. So you'd be looking at approximately just under $25 a day that will get paid to the provider to cover the services that you will be using. Same for a level two, three, four, obviously getting paid a higher daily subsidy, but it's paid to the provider daily. I know one of the most common questions I get asked by clients who are looking to start a home care package is uh, when does the 12 months start? Is it a calendar year? Is it a financial year? How often am I getting that $9,000 on my level one? And it's a bit tricky to understand, I guess, but it is it is just paid as that daily subsidy. There is no 12-month period for it. It will just continue to accrue over time. So every day you will get paid that subsidy and 
over 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, that will just continue to get paid as a daily subsidy. And whatever portion of that you haven't used for your services will slowly accrue. So again, same on any of the levels of package. Most providers, all providers, because they um, need to as part of the guidelines, will provide you with a monthly statement that will show you the funds that's come in from the government. And obviously being a daily subsidy, you'll get more in a month with 31 days than you will in a month with 30. But so it'll show you the funding that's come in from the government, any services that you've had throughout that month and the cost of those services, and then what the balance is at the end of that month. And that funding is watched by your provider, but it's also provided to you so that you can keep on top of it and know how your funding is tracking as well. So another really important part of the Home Care Packages program is that it is means tested. So unlike the Commonwealth Home Support Program, where there's just a set co-payment that you um, contribute towards your services, the Home Care Packages program is means tested and there's a couple of different fees that can apply. So the income tested fee is in place of government funding. The basic daily fee goes in on top of government funding. So we've talked funding, we've talked fees, now we're going to talk services. So as we've previously mentioned in other episodes, a home care package is expected to be that you have more complex care needs. So the home care package, unlike the Commonwealth Home Support Program, can be used for any services that are going to keep you safe and independent at home. So these can cover anything from your kind of in-home services like personal care, domestic assistance, shopping assistance, transport, meal preparation, more external services like your gardening, home maintenance, any allied health services, so occupational therapy, physio, exercise classes, speech pathologists, dietitians, and any also of your goods and equipment. Now, goods and equipment is a really interesting one and one that I find we get challenged on more and more in the home care sector. The guidelines state that for goods and equipment to be approved under your home care package, they need to, one, be in line with your care plan goals. We'll touch on a care plan in a minute, but they need to be in line with your care plan goals. And secondly, it needs to be able to be linked to your care and safety at home. So one of the exclusions of the package is what they consider capital items or modifications. So the example I often like to use is, you know, we could purchase, say, grab rails to be installed in your bathroom to help you getting up and down from the toilet or feeling safer showering independently. However, we can't just redesign your kitchen because you feel like you'd like to have a new kitchen. So things need to be directly related to your care needs. And sometimes there is a lot of gray area within that, but your service provider will be able to explain to you what things can and can't be covered. I always encourage my clients to just ask if they're not sure. If you've purchased something and you don't know if it can be covered under the package, keep your receipts and ask. Or if there's something that you think would be helpful for you in the home, just ask because there is a huge variety of things that can be covered when it comes to goods and equipment and modifications. It's definitely worth checking. But the really common ones would be things like ramps, grab rails, electric recliner chairs for helping with mobility and getting up and down if mobility is an issue for you. 
four-wheel walkers, wheelchairs, pickup sticks. There's a number, there's really limitless things that can be covered, but it's always worth checking with your provider, making sure it's in line with your care plan goals and also that it is directly related to your care needs. There are a number of exclusions from the home care package. I would say they're fairly common sense, but I think they're worth noting anyway. These are mainly things that are already funded or jointly funded under the Medicare Benefits Scheme or the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme. Other government initiatives or subsidised services, for example, if you are going into respite at a residential care facility, your home care package can't pay for the fees associated with being in respite. The package also can't fund any of your accommodation or rental or mortgage repayments. It can't pay for aids or equipment that aren't directly related to your care needs can't pay for holiday related expenses, gambling expenses, or illegal activities. They're probably the main ones that come to mind, but each provider will give you a contract when you start with them that should outline the key parts of those guidelines as well so that you're familiar with those from the very start. But as I said before, if you're ever not clear if you can cover something or not, it's worth asking. So touching on the care plan, I'll Jump back a little into two different fees that are charged from your home care package. So these are charged from the provider and a part of the cost of them managing your package. So there is a care management fee and a package management fee. Now, all providers will charge these two fees and you can compare them directly on the My Age Care website. These are uh, taken out of the home care package funding. So it's not paid by you, the individual. It's paid from the home care package funding. So the care management fee typically pays for a, a care coordinator or a care manager, case manager, relationship manager. They all have different names, but essentially a allocated person who looks after or manages your home care package. So Typically, the the good providers, you'll know your care coordinator and you'll be able to get in contact with them if there's things that change with your needs. It's also a requirement under the home care package that you have a care plan that's updated every 12 months or as your needs change. So you should be in fairly regular contact with your service provider through your care coordinator. I find the providers that do it well, will be quite engaged with their clients. So they'll be involved in things like hospital discharge planning. They'll come out and do reassessments when your needs change. Some providers have regular reviews that they provide outside of that annual review so that they're touching base with clients more regularly and reassessing their services. But the care plan is determined through an assessment with that individual, with the client, to determine what their needs are. So this is also a really great way of having a conversation with your provider and discovering what things can be covered in your package. So different providers will have different names for their assessment, but essentially that initial assessment will often ask you things like uh, how you're currently going with your personal care. Have you lost or gained any weight recently? How are you going with meal preparation? Do you wear any glasses or hearing aids or do you need any assistive devices to help you at home? Who are your family supports or friends or neighbors that you're connected with? 
Are there community groups you're connected with or would like to stay connected with? It really is a fairly holistic assessment that tries to create a really good picture of who you are as an individual and how the home care package can be used to support you to remain at home for as long as possible. So I really encourage you to engage in these assessments where you can. It's a great opportunity for your provider to get to know more about you, but it's also a really great opportunity for you to express your wishes for what you want to get out of your home care package. So that's all covered in your care management fee. Then there is also your package management fee. And this one is best to think of as the back-end admin side of your package. So this is things like generating your monthly statements, processing any invoices that come through. It's all of that administration that happens behind the scenes to allow your home care package to run smoothly. One of the things you can do with your home care package too, which I don't think people are as aware of, is whilst you choose your service provider and commonly your service provider will provide staff for those services, there is also an option to broker services. So say you already have a gardener that comes to you that you would love to keep under your home care package, or you have a cleaner that's been coming for seven years and you'd really like to keep her, but she comes from a different agency. There is capacity within the home care package to broker services. So this typically requires your service provider and the brokered agency to have an agreement. That agreement is normally a signed contract because essentially for the service provider to pay for that service using government funding, they have to be able to demonstrate that that person is suitable for working with the elderly or with the vulnerable clients. So there is a little bit of organizing on behalf of the the service provider and the brokered agency does need to be willing to enter into one of those agreements and have those things available like their police clearance, insurance and ABN. However, if they've got those and they're willing to, then they can set up an agreement between the service provider and the brokered agency so that you can continue accessing the service from that person that you want to continue to. So what would happen in that instance is the gardener or the cleaner or whoever it is would then send their invoices directly to the service provider to be paid out of your home care package funding. So that is something that you can also discuss with your provider and it's worth alerting them to upfront if that's something that you'd like to do because there often is quite a bit of paperwork involved with setting that up, but that's for your service provider to worry about. The last thing I just wanted to touch on quickly is upgrades and next steps. So as we have touched on in previous episodes, you can be offered a lower level home care package to start with. It's also not that common that you would be initially assessed as a level four. So what typically happens is over time, your needs will increase. Um, If you follow the general trajectory of aging, there will slowly be things that you need more and more assistance with. So as your needs increase and as you use more of the home care package funding on your current level, you can request a reassessment through My Aged Care. Now, typically My Aged Care won't reassess you until they can see you're fully maximizing or fully utilizing the current home care package level you're on. So for example, if you're on a level two, they're going to want to see that you have barely any surplus in there. And when I say barely any, normally under $1,000 surplus is what they'd want to see for them to consider reassessment. 
So this is something worth discussing with your provider. Your provider will also likely discuss this with you too, but it is worth being on the front foot. If you find your needs are changing and there's things you're needing help with that you didn't previously, contacting my age care and requesting a reassessment is a great place to start. And also having that conversation with your provider because your provider can advocate and apply for reassessment on your behalf. There's certain requirements around what will be considered within that, but definitely worth having a conversation. So typically we see we can keep people at home for probably longer than some people expect. By the time you're on a level four package with around $52,000 worth of funding, for a lot of providers, that means you can have, say, twice daily visits. So maybe a morning half an hour and an evening half an hour. This is going to change greatly depending on a service provider's fees or the types of service that you're receiving. But to give you a very, very rough idea, you could have twice daily visits fit in a level four home care package. So this is typically for people that say live on their own, that maybe need some help with preparing meals or um, medication administration. But there is a lot that we can fit within that level four package, particularly when it's supplemented by family care too. So let's say the family, you have children around that can assist or grandchildren or neighbors or other people that can supplement that care that say, we'll take on the weekends and we're going to use the home care package just for Monday to Friday. There's a lot of services that you can fit within a level four package. So I really encourage people, if your goal is to stay at home for as long as possible, try your best to really maximize each of those levels of care and get all the way to the level four. Once you have maximized your level four, there will come a time where a conversation is required about what the next steps are. Because whilst there's a lot that we can cover on a level four, it's also not the be all and end all. And I think it's challenging sometimes when people expect that a level four will be the equivalent of residential care at home because it's really not. It does not facilitate 24-hour care. It doesn't even really facilitate four hours a day care. So I think having a mindset around what you can expect on a level four, and I think you know roughly one to two hours of service a day is probably the maximum with most service providers. Having that in mind will help you plan for, okay, once I get to that point, We've exhausted family supports. We've exhausted other friends and neighbors supports. That's when you'll need to be looking at what the next steps are for you. So there are a number of next steps and there's going to be a whole other episode on this, but that's just to give you some indication of how far you can take your home care package and when you are going to need to consider next steps. So as I mentioned earlier, next week's episode is going to be a quick tip episode on how to choose a provider. So what questions you're going to be asking them, uh, how to compare between them, what fees are reasonable, what fees maybe aren't. I'll unpack that as best I can on next week's episode. Please, please, please feel free to send through any questions you've got about anything in home care, whether we've covered it on an episode or whether it's something completely different. I'm really happy to unpack people's individual circumstances and really open to the idea of having episodes where we just answer people's questions. So if there's things you're not sure about, if you're not sure how that applies to you or your loved one, please let me know. You can find us either on Instagram at The Truth About Aging or on Facebook at The Truth About Aging podcast. They're the best ways to connect with me. Otherwise, I think that's all for this week. Thank you again. 
I really do love doing this podcast and I love seeing the traction it gets and the engagement I get from people and some of the questions that do come through as well. So keep asking them, keep getting in touch, look after yourselves, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.